Saturday, September 18th, and you're listening to the Magnificent Fantasy Football Show. Welcome in, come one, come all. Let's talk some DFS fantasy football. I just made that up on the spot. Nice little rhyme to start things off. Uh, this is going to be the first ever DFS show for the Magnificent Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, so I'm going to dive right into it. Saturday, not a lot of time. Oh, for some reason the intro played twice. Uh, not a lot of time for people to listen to this before all the games play tomorrow. We're primarily going to be focused on the main slate, uh, along with uh, Sunday Night Showdown we'll touch on a little bit. But first of all, just to go over my philosophy, it's pretty simple. Uh, I like to look at PFF. I go to pff.com where they uh, they rate. They have a staff that rates every single player and every single snap that they play. So pretty reliable source as far as understanding uh, quality on both sides. And uh, it gives you an opportunity too, if you're playing DFS, to look at this and say, hey, if if I was an offensive coordinator and I want to attack mismatches, how would I create that versus the defense I'm playing against? And um, what we're trying to do is really just trying to find matchups where some players they're going to have to funnel the ball to because there's just really tough matchups at other positions. So that's what we're looking to do here. Uh, other part of that philosophy is uh, utilizing playerprofiler.com. And really, if you type in any player's name followed by a player profiler, one word, into Google uh, on offense or defense, you're going to be able to see their draft pedigree, uh, you're going to be able to see their combine results and understand how athletic they are. And you're also going to be able to see injury history. I like to see their snap percentages. How many snaps did they get? And uh, where were they lined up in the offense or defense as well? Works on both sides. They have, if you look at a cornerback, for example, you'll be able to see how many snaps they had in the slot. Uh, did they play a slot corner at all? How, how many snaps did they play on the perimeter? So those are really the two major tools that I like to use before I try to tailor my own DFS strategy. So if we get right into this thing, the first game of the slate, we're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Chicago Bears. Uh, pretty good week one showing for the, the Cincinnati Bengal defense versus the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they weren't the best if you if you just look at all the player grades of this defensive unit last year definitely not the best not the not the worst either they have a pretty great d-line uh and strong safety with perhaps the top free safety in the league in jesse bates uh their linebacking core is terrible and their perimeter and slot cornerbacks are just okay um so i feel like there's there really isn't a weak point as an offense to target so when you're looking at the Chicago Bears and you look at how well the Bengals played last week versus Dalvin Cook, I'm not going to expect Montgomery to do too well. He's a fade for me in DFS. Uh, Cole Komet, Komet is uh, 
lined up more times than not against uh, their strong safety and Von Bell. Pretty tough matchup for him. And looking at their wide receivers, of course, it's the the Robinson and, and Mooney show. And they face off against Eli Apple and uh, Chidobe Awuzie, who former Dallas Cowboy. Gotta love that. But they're in a tough spot. Not, I mean, they're above average cornerbacks. Awuzie uh, is... How old is he? He's an age 26 season for him. And then Eli Apple, uh, he's younger than I thought, 26 as well. So above average uh, cornerbacks, but they're going to be picked on quite a bit. A lot of a lot of targets are going to go to Allen Robinson. And uh, Mooney's going to see his fair share as well in this game. Uh, I'd like Mooney more if they didn't have such a, a great free safety in Jesse Bates. The third. Um, just cause so much of that value with Darnell Mooney is if he gets free in the secondary, he can, uh, he can explode for a long bomb, but I'm going to assume Jesse Bates is going to cover, uh, that attack deep pretty well and really like Alan Robinson this game. I still think Darnell Mooney is a good value as well. So I'll put them down on my list for, um, Players to build lineups around and flipping to the other side of the ball. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals looked pretty good. Um, Joe Mixon was one of the top running backs versus that stout Minnesota Vikings defense. And then you had all three wide receivers involved. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. It doesn't make me too excited to target any one of these, especially against the Chicago Bears. Overall, pretty great defense. Um, however, I, I do think you can exploit this bears defense at the perimeter and in the slot as well. So I think all three of these wide receivers have value. Uh, this defensive unit should do a better job at containing the run. So I I think you have a high floor with all three starting wide receivers, maybe not the highest ceiling. So that's a fade for me. And we'll move on to the next game where we have. Houston Texans, uh, are they at? Yeah, they're visiting the Cleveland Browns. Looking at this matchup, Cleveland's Cleveland's defense is one of my favorite defenses in the NFL. Um, So good luck if you want to start anybody on the Texans side of the ball. Uh, If you can afford to pay up for the Browns defense, only attack paying up for uh, defense and DFS if you think that defense is going to hold the opposing offense to uh, six or less points. Otherwise, uh, it's it's just not worth it, in my opinion. If they have a shutout, they get 10 points for a shutout. Uh, If they get six or less, they get seven points. But if one team scores one touchdown against a defense, then uh, they only get four points for that, and then it goes down from there. Obviously, a point for a sack, two points for uh, fumble recovery or interception, but you don't want to start a defense unless you're pretty damn confident that they're going to be able to to contain the opposing offense and keep them under six points, under seven points, rather. So that's the way I look at it. If you can afford the Browns' defense, might be worthwhile in this one. Texans looked pretty dang good against the Jags, which... I'd be late on the Jags defense. I don't think they're the worst. 
So it was a little surprising to me. Um, it might continue to surprise, who knows. But really like the the Browns defense in this one. On the other side of the ball, because I'm not expecting much production out of the Texans' offense, um, I'm not expecting the Browns to have to air it out too often. So it's going to be a, a clock management game. You'll see a lot of Nick Chubb, uh, definitely a fine player to target. And the rest of this offense shouldn't have much trouble moving the ball either. Uh, the only risk with um, with heavily targeting Nick Chubb in your lineup, I'd say, is if there if it's an easy victory. I mean, he's your stud running back. This is a a team with Super Bowl aspirations, so it's not like they're going to want Nick Chubb to run the ball thirty times. So Hunt should get involved as well. They'll probably spread it out, and it'll just be a clear, easy victory for the Browns. Uh, next game on the slate, we've got the Los Angeles Rams and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Colts are playing at home, and we've got, let's see. So first looking at, on the Colts offense versus the Rams defense. Uh, pretty tough defense to attack. I'm not going to... Not going to start any running backs versus defense all year. Not going to start any perimeter wide receivers versus defense all year until further notice. So that leaves uh, the Colts slot wide receiver. And, you know, I wanted the Colts slot wide receiver in the week one as well. And I think a lot of people, that was kind of on their radar. A lot of people assumed the slot wide receiver is going to be Paris Campbell based on his previous usage. But you look at the snaps in week one, Paris Campbell lined up out wide for 40 snaps, only six times in the slot. The slot wide receiver, who had a great game, was Zach Paschal. Uh, He lined up in the slot for 56 snaps. So he's a slot wide receiver. Um, All offenses tend to funnel to the slot wide receiver when they're attacking the Rams defense because it's the only, only area of the field you have time to throw to and where you have a mismatch um, versus the Rams cornerback. Uh, I believe it's Roby Coleman, but you know what? Um, it's interesting to see Jalen Ramsey. It's primarily a shadow cornerback and he lined up in the slot 37 times last week. So it'd be interesting to see if that was just matchup dependent or if he's going to be all over the field like he was in week one. But I, I'd, I'd expect him to just shut down Pittman, and then Pascal won't have the most terrifying matchup uh, in the slot. So surprisingly, we'll put Zach Pascal on the list here. And flip sides, the Colts have a pretty good defense. It's a tough one to attack. Uh, they have studs at almost every position, not the best free safety. So, uh, if they have a burner, get loose, they, they could have a long bomb, uh, get free there. Um, I'm not, not too happy to start anything against the Colts defense. However, their slot cornerback, Kenny Moore, he's pretty good. He is coming off of two great seasons, pretty good in the slot. Uh, he'll be matched up against Cooper Cup quite a bit, who he was the featured wide receiver in week one. So 
I, I see a good Cooper Cup game. Uh, I'm not too excited about Robert Woods with their perimeter cornerbacks being pretty good and Robert Woods not really too involved in the offense in week one. So Cooper Cup is interesting for me. Tyler Higby is very interesting for me as well. Uh, lined up kind of all over the field. He faces a um, pretty good matchup versus uh, Kahari Willis. Plays a strong safety slot. And I'd expect uh, Higby to have a pretty decent game for kind of a middle-of-the-pack value tight end. Uh, you could try to get different played Henderson. He definitely got the bulk of the carries in week one, but this is just such a tough defense, even though I know there's some chatter Darius Leonard might not play in this one. I'm not going to roll the dice, but Henderson's looking like he's going to have a great year. So we'll write down maybe Cooper Cup, put a little asterisk by his name, and Tyler Higby I like in this one. Let's go on to Buffalo at Miami facing the Dolphins and Dolphins offense won't have Will Fuller uh, this week again. Um, he finishes one game suspension, but now he's for some personal matter. Not sure what exactly is going on, but he won't be playing in this game. So you should see uh, Jalen Waddle. Devontae Parker uh, get involved in this one again. Might be a good bounce back game for Mike Gesicki. Now that they're starting left tackle or right tackle is back in this game. Uh, last week they said it was kind of a, it was a game plan to, to feature a blocking tight end uh, and, and not really have Mike Gesicki in there. So that's going to change this week. We'll, we'll actually get a good understanding of how Gesicki is going to be involved into this Miami Dolphins offense this year. So kind of a hold there. You could try to get really cute. He's going to have extremely low ownership. Um, so if Gasicki has a big game, um, it's going to do big, big things for your lineup. I'm avoiding Gaskin versus the, the Buffalo Bills defense. Um, they, they proved in week one, they're, they're tough against the run. And uh, I don't expect that to change against the Miami Dolphins and Gaskin. So if I'm attacking anything versus defense, it's going to be surprisingly um, probably the corner Jalen Waddle versus Teron Johnson, who was a 2018 fourth rounder has just had an average career. Lined up in the slot week one for 49 snaps, and we saw Jalen Waddle play out of the snaps for the majority of the game. He played 28 snaps in the slot and 15 out wide. So should be another good uh, Jalen Waddle game. But perimeter cornerbacks are pretty tough with uh, Tredavious White, one of the, the premier shutdown cornerbacks in the league, and then Levi Wallace on the other side. Who's he's pretty good. It's not the best, but he's pretty good. So I'm staying away from Parker, and I'm interested in Waddle, who I'm going to put on the list here. Okay, other side of the ball. Let me look at the Bills 
offense versus the very tough Miami defense. This is a really good defense to go against, and the Bills haven't really shown me anything other than this is the Josh Allen and Diggs show. I know Beasley had a lot of targets. Sanders is going to get involved, but it's still going to be a really good offense this year. I'm just not thrilled about him versus the, the Miami Dolphins defense. So it's a stay away for me. And we move on to the New England Patriots going to uh, the New York Jets. So first of all, starting with the home team, looking at the New York Jets offense. You know what? Pretty good offense. I I think they're going to do good things this year. It might be laughable to say, but uh, I think they have a lot of good pieces that could come together. They have Jamison Crowder coming back. A lot of people uh, expected big things out of the rookie Elijah Moore last week with Crowder out. Didn't really happen. Um, I'd expect Crowder to be kind of a featured target in the slot. Patriots are still really tough on the perimeter, even without uh, Steven Jackson. Can't remember when they expect Steven Jackson. Am I saying his name right? No, I think I'm saying it wrong. Steven, Stephon Gilmore, Stephen Jackson. Jeez, that's a good one. Throwback. Um, Stephon Gilmore is, I think he's out for the better half of the year, uh, but they still have great depth at cornerback. Uh, really tough to attack on the perimeter. So I I, I don't think Corey Davis is going to have as good of a showing as he did last week. I'm staying away. Uh, you might, 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 sees some production out of Jamison Crowder, but I'm going to stay away as well. Jonathan Jones lines up in the corner for the Patriots uh, in the slot, and uh, he had a phenomenal season last year. So not going there and not going anywhere on this uh, Jets offense. No surprise to anybody. Uh, For the Patriots offense, uh, you know what? The Jets' defense didn't have the best showing in Week 1, but they didn't do too bad. I'm excited to see C.J. Mosley back in the mix. If you remember when he was healthy, he just tore offenses apart. They had a really good um, uh, ability to shut down the run game and uh, get pressure on the quarterback. So for a very cheap defense versus a, a rookie quarterback, Jets' defense might actually pull it off. Now, I'm not too excited about the Jets' secondary, so I really would expect uh, Nelson Aguilar to get loose. And in the slot, they're pretty strong in the slot, but yeah, just really bad, very putrid in the secondary and on the perimeter. So I like Aguilar this week um, versus a defense that is is. May, I mean, they might actually have to funnel targets to Nelson Aguilar. So let's put him down as wide receiver to target and move on to the San Francisco 49ers versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And we know the San Francisco 49ers have a really tough defense. Um, They're pretty elite. I'd say above average at every position, definitely on the line. But they still... I'd say maybe a top five defense 
I don't think they're one of the one of the best in the league. You can definitely exploit them like the Detroit Lions did last week. So you've got Jalen Hurts coming to town who looked really good. He has some of the best wide receiver targets, and uh, surprisingly. Uh, but you got the Heisman winner, Devonta Smith, of course. But Jalen Rager, first-round pick last year, showing some improvements already in his sophomore season. And then Quez Watkins is just a burner, tall 6'2 burner that they have running in this slot. Um, and then, of course, two of the best tight ends in the league and Dallas Gardner, Zach Ertz. So Jalen Hurts is really going to be able to do whatever he wants each and every single week. He's added discount um, for the uh, until DraftKings corrects it. So I, I, I mean, it's not a bad idea to put Jalen Hurts in your lineup until uh, they correct and adjust his price accordingly. But still a pretty tough matchup. He's not going to have one of his ceiling games but he still always has that high floor. So I'm not really looking to target any individual matchup, but Hertz is going to have a good game. And then looking on the other side of the ball, the 49ers. Um, it'll be interesting. Eagles defense is pretty good, really tough against the run. I'm not expecting Elijah Mitchell to to run for over 100 yards in this one. He did versus the Lions. Good job. That's the Lions, but this is a different team. And uh, they're really tough on the perimeter. Darius Slay is looking like Darius Slay again. And then on the other side, they've got Steven Nelson, who's a veteran who who's always performed above average every single year. So not looking forward to any of those matchups. So, not attacking in the perimeter, you attack the Eagles' defense in the slot. And Samuel, Debo Samuel, line up in the slot for 14 snaps. So primarily had his huge game on the perimeter with 30 snaps. Uh, this is the George Kittle game, for sure. Love me some Kittle. So we're going to put Kittle down, and we're going to move on. Now. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders at Pittsburgh. And, you know, home home Big Ben uh, is always a good thing. So I'm expecting the Pittsburgh Steelers to come out and uh, do very well. Uh, he's got great targets, as we know. You got Juju, you got uh, Mapletron, Deontay Johnson, uh, good tight ends, and... Um, Najee Harris, not a great week one, but he played 100% of the snaps. His line didn't look as terrible as we thought they were going to look. And uh, the only defense that we see on on the Raiders' side of the ball is uh, on both uh, ends. So you got Yannick and Dockway and Mason Crosby both had a great week one. They're going to be putting pressure on the quarterback all year long. Uh, They're terrible everywhere. Everywhere else except for newly signed Casey Hayward, but definitely a veteran. He's entering his year, age 32 season, but he looked really good in week one. So he might, 
he might be able to contain uh, a little bit of this passing offense, but they're going to be able to move the ball. Harris is going to get the volume. Uh, I like Big Ben, but I'm staying away from the wide receivers. And Najee Harris is definitely someone to target as a uh, just just with volume, sheer volume alone. Uh, let's see. Moving on to the other side of the ball. Las Vegas Raiders offense was all about throwing the ball to Darren Waller. And I'm not seeing that changing whatsoever in this game. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense is really good everywhere uh, except for their safeties and linebacking core. So it's going to be hard for them to try to mix it up and target some other wide receivers. It's going to be all Waller, Waller, Waller this week. That's it uh, for this game. Moving on, New Orleans at Carolina. Now, on the Carolina side of the ball, Sam Darnold has amazing targets. McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, Terrace Marshall was heavily involved week one. Uh, he had both of his tight ends involved, Dan Arnold, and... Um, God, what's the other guy's name? Ian Thomas? Am I I thinking about that right? Yep, Ian Thomas. So, tons of targets for Sam Darnold versus a a pretty tough New Orleans Saints defense who is going to be tough to, to move the ball against. However, even with uh, Marshawn Lattimore out, newly signed Bradley Roby, should be stepping in and he's still you know age 29 season still a really good cornerback it's gonna be tough for them to attack the perimeter with paulson Adibo on the other side i don't know how to pronounce that but he's a, a rookie who looked very good third round rookie this year um out of stanford and he looked looked pretty good in week one We'll see if he can keep that up, but we attack the Saints is in the slot, and um, that's where Terrace Marshall lives right now. So Terrace Marshall is definitely intriguing to me in this game. Just with uh, how many different weapons the Carolina Panthers have that might be limited. Terrace Marshall, very promising young rookie, getting the majority of the slot snaps is someone to target. And didn't even have him on my list. How dare me. All right. Terrace Marshall. Other side of the ball, we're looking at famous Jameis. See if he can, how he follows up his five touchdown performance versus this Carolina defense that looked really good. Uh, It's hard to find a weak spot. To be honest, Dante Jackson looked good on the perimeter. Their rookie, J.C. Horn, did pretty well. Uh, and we, we kind of know on the on the Saints side of the ball, you expect Marquez Callaway, after a tough matchup versus Green Bay, to, to kind of step into a role here sooner than later. Still surprisingly, it might not be the week versus the Carolina Panthers. So... 
I don't know. I think the best advice is Kamara. This offense is going to do okay, but this is still a pretty tough defense. I'm not really going to attack them in any one area. They're they're kind of weak in the slot, but so are the Saints at passing out of the slot. Just trying to see who their slot wide receiver is, and it looks like they all kind of mixed in. So I think you're going to see average production. Kamara is going to be Kamara, but we might have a low-scoring game here. So I'm staying away. Uh, Marquez Callaway, maybe if he gets a good matchup in the slot or against J.C. Horn, he can make him look like a rookie. But it's just it's just too unproven. I'm not even going to write anybody down in this game. We're going to move on. Well, for the Saints, I should say. Moving on, we're going to see the Broncos in Jacksonville. And the Jacksonville offense was, you know, they were just okay. They weren't really that good versus a Houston defense. And the Denver Broncos defense is one of the best in the NFL. They don't have any weak points to attack. And I'm staying away from, from the Jags offense. They have too many mouths to feed versus a very tough opponent. And I don't really see it funneling anywhere. So we're going to move on to the other side of the ball where Jags defense said it earlier. I think they're better than people uh, want to give them credit for. However, if they're on the field for most of this game, it's going to make them really hard to, to play up to their potential. So it doesn't matter that Jerry Judy is not playing in this one. The Broncos offense is going to be able to manage this game with ease. I'm expecting both running backs to do very well and really all of their targets. No fan, even Albert O on the, the other tight end there. Uh, Hammer, Sutton, and Patrick are all going to do what they do. So I, I'm staying away from this game. If you can pay up for the Broncos defense, do it, but don't build around it. Next up, we have Minnesota and Arizona. And it's going to be a tough one for the Vikings. Their defense looked pretty good. Uh, that was against the Bengals. I mean, they lost in, in overtime, right? Am I remembering that right? Anyway, uh, I think they'll be okay, but the, the Cardinals offense is a juggernaut. It's going to be really hard to stop them. I do think Kirk is going to be more involved. It's going to be tough for me to, to see Arizona to want to force feed A.J. Green for as long as the Bengals tried to do that last year. And Kirk played very well. He lined up in the slot for almost all of his snaps. He had 37 snaps in the slot. And that's how I like to attack this Vikings defense. So I'm expecting another good showing for, for Captain Kirk, Christian Kirk. And otherwise, I'm staying away from uh, Cardinals running backs. And we're putting down Kirk for this one. Other side of the ball, we're gonna see we're gonna see J Jefferson do a little bit better this week. Very tough outing in Week One. Surprisingly, that Bengals defense played better than most people realized. Uh, feelings gonna do good. It'd be stupid for them to not keep Osborne involved. 
But on the other side of the ball, you got Byron Murphy, a uh, second rounder a couple of years ago. He primarily plays out of the slot. So if you're expecting Osborne to, to do as well as he did week one, you're going to be disappointed. It's really going to go back to um, Justin Jefferson, I believe. And uh, it kind of matches up poorly for Thielen as well. He's going to see a lot of Robert Alford, who is, uh, I mean, he's a he's a vet. He's turning 33 this year, but, you know, Thielen's up there too. Jeff- Jefferson has a good matchup versus Marco Wilson, who's a rookie fourth rounder. So big game for Jefferson. Look out. Dalvin Cook is going to do Dalvin Cook things. Um, it's a tough line. I mean, you got J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones on the line, who was phenomenal week one, as everybody knows, with those five sacks. Then you have two first-round linebackers who are only going to get better. So a tough game for Cook coming up, but he's still going to do very well. And um, we're, we're definitely liking Justin Jefferson this week. So let's put his name down. Justin Jefferson. All right. Now let's go on to Atlanta and Tampa Bay. There's a lot of opinions about this one. How terrible the Falcons defense is. However, I don't think they're as bad as people think they're going to be. They have a great linebacker in Deion Jones, great defensive tackle in Grady Garrett. Uh, Dante Fowler, who got paid last year. I, I think he returns to form in a healthy second year with the Falcons. Maybe. We'll see. I think their cornerbacks could turn heads of second-year first-rounder uh, A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. Uh, if he turns the corner, uh, he, he's going to be good in his sophomore year. And then physical freak Fabian Moreau, uh, who came from Washington football team, could be a major upgrade. After an up and down uh, four year career at Washington, so I I'd expect him to be a lot better than people think. They have a really good free safety, and the rest of the defense is so so. So I I honestly think the matchups versus the Falcons are gonna eventually they're eventually gonna turn into attacking the slot and and utilizing tight ends. So love me some Chris Godwin in this game. Gronk could do Gronk-like things. Maybe they get O.J. Howard back involved. So it's a little bit of a, I'd expect, a committee because Gronk is, um, I mean, he came out of retirement. He's 32. He's not going to be playing an entire, you know, heavily involved eight-target game season every single game. So Chris Godwin, love him. He's going to be great in this game. A lot of people just expect Mike Evans to bounce back because Brady likes to spread the wealth. Maybe that's true. I mean, he he definitely has a size advantage over both of these Atlanta cornerbacks, but I still kind of like these cornerbacks, believe it or not. And I think they can keep up with Antonio Brown, so I'm not expecting a big Brown game. So love me some Godwin in this game. We'll put him on the list. And then when we look at the other side of the ball... I guess really quickly, I, I do like running backs against this defense. But I'm a little concerned. If it was a Fournette show again, I'd he, Fournette might be a start of the week. But Rojo could vulture a few touchdowns and do really well in this game. 
So we're going to look at the other side of the ball here. And the Atlanta Falcons, they've, they've got who we know they've got. And they're facing a, a defense that's extremely tough to play against. But you attack them in the slot, and that's Russell Gage, who did not have a good first week. However, he lined up in the slot for about 50% of his snaps. And that's really where they need a target. I'm looking at Calvin Ridley. He only lined up there for seven snaps. You had a lot of Kyle Pitts in the slot at 23 snaps. So if you're brave, this really could be a Kyle Pitts game uh, with a lot of people going away from him after that very lofty um, expectation in, in week one. It could be interesting to go to Kyle Pitts in this one. So I'm going to put Kyle Pitts on the list. We're also going to add Chris Godwin. All right, next game we're going to look at here is my favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys versus the, the Chargers. So this one's being played in Cali. We look at the Chargers offense. I mean, I think it's... I think it's fair to think about them like the Bucks last week uh, in terms of their offense. However, if you think of Mike Williams like Mike Evans, it, it's not the best comparison. Mike Williams is definitely going to be a factor in this game. They don't have Antonio Brown on the other side of the ball, and they don't have a, a Rob Gronkowski for the end zone. And also, the unfortunately, Dallas Cowboys don't have both of their starting uh, defensive ends. So with Randy Gregory out and Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Herbert's going to have more time to pass the ball, which means Williams and Allen are going to eat a lot in this game. I'm staying away from Eckler. A lot of people really like him in this matchup. But with Jalen uh, Smith and Micah Parsons having sideline to sideline speed, and containing Fournette, who I, I honestly think profiles similarly to, to Eckler as a very speedy um, pass-catching back. They contained Fournette very well last week, and I expect the same uh, level of containment with Eckler. So love both Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen in this game. I don't think I wrote down Big Mike Will. Other side of the ball, we have Zach Martin returning to this game versus a defense that is pretty good against the run. So I'm not going to full-blown put an endorsement on Ezekiel Elliott, but he's going to be more involved. He's going to do good things, and he's still pretty cheap in DFS. So it's kind of hard to, to fade an, a Zeke type of player in a pretty good matchup, not the best, but it's going to be primarily um, tough to attack the Chargers in the slot. That's where Chris Harris lives these days at the end of his career. But on the perimeter, uh, you know, you've got rookie Asante Samuel, who is going to make mistakes, and um, Michael Davis on the other side. So really like perimeter wide receivers against this defense. 
don't like any tight ends with uh, Derwin James back. He's going to make things tough for opposing running backs as well. But give me some Cooper Cup and love me some CD Lamb. Definitely leaning towards Mari Cooper. I said Cooper Cup, didn't I? Definitely leaning towards Mari Cooper in this game. I think he's going to have another great, fantastic showing. So Mari Cooper climbs the ranks on my list. We'll go on to the last game of the slate. Tennessee Titans going over to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And on the Seattle side of the ball, they're looking really good. And on the the Titans defense, they're looking really bad. They're going to be able to, the Seahawks are going to be able to exploit uh, this defense however they want. You could have a big game with Metcalf, Lockett, Chris Carson, and both tight ends could get involved as well. So uh, when when the ball is moving, you got to love high-volume running backs. Chris Carson is going to have a great game, and I'm just curious how many yards both Metcalf and Lockett will have. So they're they're both definitely in play on the slate, both Metcalf and Lockett. So make sure they're both on this list. Good old DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Someone to look for if you can afford them. Other side of the ball, we're going to see if the Tennessee Titans can turn things around with the huge expectations they had and what Julio Jones could bring to this offense, but did not pan out for them in week one. However, with the Seahawks and uh, I think this will be the highest over under on the slate. Still kind of tough for Derrick Henry to run. Um, versus defense, Bobby Wagner has been a pretty good run stopper his career. But both cornerbacks don't scare me at all. First Julio Jones and AJ Brown. Um, so I thought this in week one, there's gonna be a lot of Targets funneling to Julio and AJ didn't quite pan out, but I mean, those wide receivers in Tannehill, they're just, they're just too good. And if the line can hold uh, and keep pressure off Tannehill, they're going to have a bounce back game in a big way. So definitely need a look for Julio and AJ, AJ Brown. They both go on the list right now. Julio, AJ. Otherwise, Derrick Henry not expecting his ceiling game on this one. So that's the slate. And looking at the slate, kind of forgot to write down cornerbacks, quarterbacks to target. I like both quarterbacks in this game. So we're going to add Russell. We're going to add Tannehill. So four four quarterbacks this week. You have Hurts. He's at a discount. High ceiling ceiling with what he can uh, produce on the ground with his legs. Tons of great targets. Tough matchup versus the Niners, so not a ceiling game for him, but he still comes at a discount. He's worth, um, worth it in your lineup. I had Matthew Stafford, but I'm going to cross him off the list. I don't like him against the Colts. Uh, Russell Wilson and Tannehill come to play with a game that should have a very... Uh, very high uh, total points in this game. 
So you got to love both of those quarterbacks. Uh, I guess the, the value quarterback of the slate would have to go to Big Ben at home. He should look more like Big Ben uh, playing against, um, you know, not, not the toughest, most challenging defense in the league versus the, the Raiders. So I like me some Big Ben for a discount. Running back position, I've got down here Chris Carson. Uh, he he definitely takes all the volume in that offense. Uh, I'm not worried about Alex Collins getting involved and taking any uh, touches away from him. Love me some Nick Chubb. Obviously, of course, they're going to be playing up uh, ahead the whole game. So game script-wise, it plays out very well for Nick Chubb versus the Texans. Najee Harris is going to continue to get the workload. He's going to be high, high, high ownership. A ton of people are going to love going for Najee Harris. So if you want to get different, he's a good one to fade, but it's hard to bet against volume. And Zeke is a discount. Very intriguing, but I still don't think he's going to have a ceiling game. Still makes the list just based on his discount. Four wide receivers. We have A, Rob, and Mooney are going to get tons of targets. They're going to look really good in this game. Love both of them. Pascal working the slot is going to have a good game, surprisingly, versus the Rams defense. However, it's going to be hard for them to move the ball. So he might have one of those games where, he, I mean, his, his ceiling might be eight, eight grabs for like 40 or 50 yards and no touchdowns. I think he's only 4400 bucks on DraftKings, so 14 points is not too bad for a ceiling for him if he hits it. Keelan, Keenan Allen is a must-start in a high-volume uh, um, high passing attack offense versus the Dallas Cowboys working the slot, which is where you absolutely need to target the Cowboys. He's going to have a huge game. Uh, I'd expect Mike Williams to, to do very well as well versus the Cowboys in that game. Uh, again, kind of profiles like Mike Evans, who was shut down versus the Cowboys last week. However, uh, Cowboys don't have that uh, the pressure and pass rush that they can put on uh, versus the Chargers. And the Chargers also don't have other weapons like the Bucks did. So Mike Mike Williams will heavily be heavily involved. You're going to see a ton of Lamb and Cooper on the other side of the ball because of uh, the Chargers' defense. Not having as good of a run-stopping defense as the Bucks, but still pretty up there. Uh, love me some Amari Cooper in this game. Jalen Waddle has a good matchup, especially with uh, um, Will Fuller out of this lineup again, working the slot in a good matchup. Expect big things out of Waddle again. Kind of similar situation for Terrace Marshall, another rookie in a good spot working the slot. Justin Jefferson is going to be needed in this game where the Vikings should be able to, to move the ball and score some points for the Cardinals. So big game coming for Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin working the slot is definitely going to be utilized in this, in this game where a lot of people are overlooking how good this Falcons defense will actually be this year. So we'll have Chris Godwin, DK Metcalf and Tyler Locker both can do amazing. Same goes with Julio, Julio Jones and AJ Brown and that, matchup that's going to have a ton of points scored and then to wrap things up if you're feeling um a little you know taking like taking risk Kyle Pitts is going to be great this week he's going to have a bounce back um he's going to get more involved Falcons have nothing to lose already and it's week two uh Tyler Higby 
is definitely going to be targeted early and often in this matchup versus the Colts. He's going to have a good game at a discount. George Kittle game to look out for and Waller. They're both going to get a ton of targets. I, I guess what I would consider is who's going to score more points. And that's really it. That wraps up our our lineup, so to speak. All the all the players to target for the week. I hope that helps you narrow down the field and uh, figure out where to target. But thanks for listening to the first ever DFS show, uh, magnificent style. And uh, hopefully, we hear you. Uh, we have you back next week. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye and good luck. <laughs>